Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Had a very interesting situation happen today. One that only I could pull and say, you know what? We finna talk about it because it's it's I, I was able to pull something. So at my current place of business, I am in charge of life insurance information and the retirees, right? Because that's the portion of HR that I'm kind of dabbling in at this moment. And with that, I also have something to do with the process of filing a claim if a retiree expires. And today, out of all days, I don't know what it was, but it definitely got my attention because I don't believe in something happening by happenstance. I believe that things are arranged divinely to get your attention, to give you a deeper understanding of either yourself or things to come. And so today I got a phone call pretty much back to back within the hour that two retirees expired at at pretty much around the same time not related in any kind of way just the fact that they were calling in and saying hey how do we go ahead and file a claim the first one actually was a walk-in they were like hey we got this mail because I send out the mail that says you know your life insurance payment is due that kind of thing and so the mail prompted one of them to come and say uh we wanted to let you know that this person is no longer living um it's been about 30 days or so it was like oh okay so that kind of was like wow it happens I'm dealing with life insurance I'm I'm sure that these people aren't gonna live forever you you see what I'm saying so it was like okay but then when the phone call happened I was like hmm okay that's two times and anything that I see twice or hear twice or something to that effect I take it as confirmation but I think the walk-in did something to kind of stir up my hmm okay let me let me say line think about this a little bit more because they actually bought in the death certificate and without being morbid or downer, I'm not trying to be Eeyore in any kind of way and find my tail. But it was almost like, dare I say it, encouraging. Looking at this certificate, I was able to see how long this woman lived, what her profession was, how long she was in that profession, uh, what was her reason for expiring. There were so many things on there that it felt like, we really are the co-authors of our lives. And where people may have saw sadness and, oh, that was so sad because that was some reactions when the information was told, rightfully so, that were actually not her relatives or people at work. But I looked at it and I was like, I just became super inspired. Can't tell you why. Maybe it's just my, my way of seeing things. Some people just instantly see the silver lining I always find a thing find a way to become encouraged and so I think what happened was seeing the occupation part because when I was looking at the certificate I I looked down and I was like why would it matter what this person did for a living if they're no longer living why did it why would it matter and then that was the perpetual question that led to the topic that I was like I want to discuss it was because it is always going to be illustrated and time stamped and documented somewhere if you lived a life worth living 
And that was the humbling statement that then turned into encouragement and inspiration and all kind of things. People want to know, or it is a entry on a death certificate on what a person's occupation was, what their highest level of education was, who their spouse was, and if they're still living, who their parents was, where did they last live. These are informational pieces that are not just fill-in-the-box kind of things. These are things that you and I have the power to create. We are literally, with every breath that we take, with every decision that we make, we are inhaling the author, co-author ability, and we are exhaling our story. How do you want your story? story to be breath when somebody else is reading it when somebody else is actually informing the next person when you are with the Lord how do you want your life to be detailed that was so inspiring to me that was something that I was like oh my gosh and so I just got into this instant mindset where I was like I want to live a life that is worth it and I've always said it but for this reason for whatever the reason my shoulders were a little bit different right like my posture was a little bit different I said man you know what I don't care I want my voice to echo the way that people who are no longer with us echoes I wanted to have a Maya Angelou I wanted to have a a, a sting like I want to leave my mark I want to be known that it to be known that I was here I want someone somewhere to say oh my gosh when I entered her particular life or when I heard her or when I came into anything whether it's books or whatever God has for me I want to know that my life was used to change someone else's life that's the theme that I want for my life I want to know that everything that I ever went through that every that the devil tried to go ahead and take from me that everything that the devil tried to go ahead and distract me or that was he was allowed to bring into my life to to try to make me brittle but what he don't understand that it was meant to build me that I'm for tough now because you decided you wanted to go before my God in the heavenly courts and ask can I go ahead and and touch Job can I go ahead and touch Shawana's life can I go ahead and touch such and such life and what you don't understand is that if God allowed it he allowed it to make me stronger I want to know that I took every curveball and I made it a home run knockout I want to know that I took everything that was thrown at me and I made it a touchdown I want to know that everything that I ever put my hands to turned into absolute platinum forget gold I want to know that everybody who came to me they left more filled than when they actually walked into my lives I want to know that I lived a life worth living I want to know that I lived a life worth living I want the theme of my life to be she had sand and it may have been sandpaperish and it may have been, ooh, you know what? I don't know how she kind of got through that, but that I took sand the way that a clam does and I made it a pearl. I want to know that I took something and pressured and when it came out of me, it came out diamonds. I want to live a life that looks like I'm a mannequin for the kingdom. I want to live a life that when you look at me, you you scratch your head because my ingredients don't add up to the recipe that God went ahead and served to the world. I want to live a life worth living. It's bigger to me than who I was with and how much money I made and you know how many tangible items did I live a life worth living. Is what I want. And when I looked at this woman's certificate, I said, you know what? <laughs> I literally, I've always tried within the last couple of years, my mantra has been, you know, live an intentional life, be intentional 
right? Because I don't just want to kind of, success doesn't just happen. I don't want to wander and just, oh, you know, let's see when we get there. I don't want that. I want a powerful, Holy Spirit tutored, God led recipe that looks like, huh? And the only explanation is God did it. Yeah, I, this time I can't I can't go ahead and just give the fact that, you know, I'm from New York here. I can't give the fact that, you know, I'm a little bit witty, that I'm, you know, pretty or whatever. It's, listen, I'm somebody's grandbaby. Have a nice day. And, you know, you could I went to that particular school, you know, the way that I think I'm a planner. I can't I don't want to give any kind of accolade a highlight without first looking at Alpha and Omega. It just is what it is. And you know, you should know by now how my mind thinks. So when I'm thinking in the natural, I'm kind of pulling it from like, okay, so how can I, what am I getting ready to say? How can I pull it back to the foundation, right? And for me, you know, the foundation is the Bible. And so I'm thinking and I'm, and again, this was my my car ride home. I was like, hmm. You know, I'm looking at myself, and and I'm, I'm like, okay. And without it being too creepy, because if you think too deep into it, you can probably get a little bit sad, but I, that's not my wiring. So I was like, okay, I like to do a, a bird's eye view. I want to be able to look down and see some type of practical example so that I can pull and say, that's what I'm trying to say. And so the only person that popped up in my mind through the Holy Spirit was Jacob. That he was the only person that I could think of that we have a decent illustration from his birth to his death outside of Jesus. Like I thought about John and I'm like, yeah, I remember when Mary came to visit Elizabeth when she was pregnant with John. And Elizabeth was like, whoa, felt the baby jump, you know, that kind of dopeness. But then fast forward, we don't really hear about John until he's in the wilderness, you know, doing his little preaching thing, waiting for Jesus to come through. So we missed a lot of time with John. I don't really know too much about like, you know, John's ins and outs. Like, was he an introvert, extrovert? Like, I don't really, you know, we don't get that feel. And then even with Jesus, it's like, okay, Mary, you pregnant, cool. Um, then he got lost, and you should have known he was about his father's business. He was at his father's house, you know, at 12. And then it jumps to him being 30-ish or close to 30 and then wedding at Cana. So we don't really get a detailed kind of like behind the scenes or bird's eye view of Jesus either. And when I say bird's eye view, I have a way of, because I'm a teacher at heart, I want to be able to look down at a thing. The way that I visualize it is taking the roof or for someone's house and be able to see how they lived, what they did, and being able to pull something from it. That's my idea of bird's eye. You see what I'm saying? Okay, just want you to get that visual. And so Jacob was it for me. I ain't going to hold you. I didn't even realize, to be honest, until I had this thought process, how much of a bird's eye view we had with Jacob. And so I said, you know what? For 10 chapters, we got more on Jacob than we probably have on anybody else. And I ain't do a lot of research on this. This is just like, listen, when I say fresh off the press, I mean sh- like it still got a little smell to it. You understand? So Genesis 25 NLT, and I just kind of want to, I kind of want to glide through his life so that we can kind of pick up what's going on with Jacob. So first we went ahead and we saw, all right, so Jacob had to have some parents, right? So that went ahead and happened. 
But Genesis 25, around the 19th verse, we see the birth of Esau and Jacob. And so right away, there was some trouble in the pregnancy, meaning that Jacob was having already a fight for his life. And so I just want to go ahead and start at, uh, let's go ahead and just start at verse 21. So Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. 22. But the two children struggled with each other in her womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? She asked. 23. And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your other son will serve your younger son. 24. And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. 25. The one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat, so they named him Esau. 26. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. And so right away, it was like, okay, so he's already, we already see troubled beginning, right? From the womb, it was a tr- it was trouble to the point that his mother had to go back and say, okay, can you explain to me what is happening? Because I don't understand. Then right after that, we can I'm talking about literally right after that next verse 27 is when we it's illustrated that Esau sells his birthright to Jacob because he was starvation. He was super hungry. Jacob saw an opportunity. And so he went ahead and had Esau sell his birthright over some food. Okay, cool. So we already see hmm, fighting in the room. <laughs> that's how he's starting off. He, he stole the birthright. Okay, that, that's not cute. Then we went ahead and see on chapter 26, the very next chapter over, that Isaac deceives Embelek, which he went to someone's pretty much hometown, and he was afraid that they was going to go ahead and kill him because his wife was so pretty. So he was like, yo, this is what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to tell these people that um, Rebecca, okay, great, uh, is my sister. Same thing that his father Abraham did, but we'll go ahead and digress there. And so there was some some tension there because Isaac is sitting sitting over here telling stories, which is Jacob's father, right? But then going to the next thing, it's like, okay, so he is then at odds with his brother because I don't know too many people uh, that will be okay with, with him stealing the blessing from Isaac. Jacob was not supposed to be blessed first by his father Isaac. It was supposed to be his eldest brother Esau. But I think what happened was maybe what went ahead and occurred is that Rebecca knew from the beginning that she was given a word by God that her younger son will be lead over her eldest son. And so she went ahead and combined with that trickery that Jacob had in him and went ahead and conspired for them to get the birthright and the ultimate blessing from Isaac before he passes. And so I'm like, dang. So he started off fighting in the womb. He stole the birthright from his brother because his brother was hungry. In the midst of that, his, his father once goes ahead and, and lies about something. So then in turn, Rebecca, his wife, Isaac's wife, and Jacob, his son, conspires and steals the ultimate blessing. Then a little bit after that, uh, 
Isaac's a big, uh, Jacob is a big boy now, so he's deciding, like, okay, you know what? I see somebody that I like. I think she's extra beautiful. This girl named Rachel was so popping. I want to tell her father, I worked for her for seven years for free, sir. I just want to marry your daughter. And then it's like, oh, okay, cool. He works for seven years. Laban, Rachel's father, then tricks him and gives him the younger sister, the uglier sister. <laughs> I'm sorry, the oldest sister who's actually ugly. And he's like, uh, sir, I worked seven years to get the ugly sister? Laban was like, yeah, but guess what? Um, what usually happens in our culture, the younger sister can't get married before the oldest sister. I don't care if she's prettier or not. So he was like, you work another seven years for me. I'll give you the younger sister, Rachel, the sister you really wanted. I'll go ahead and give her to you. And then he's at odds with his father-in-law. So then he tricks him out of some of his uh, livestock and some other stuff. And then so he's then after that, he has so many kids with Rachel and Leah. And they're going back and forth having babies competing with each other. Then Jacob goes ahead and he wrestles with God to the point that the angel was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and rename you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and rename you uh, Israel because no one else has wrestled with God and won. And so from literally Genesis 25 to Genesis 35, it felt like the theme of Jacob's life was struggle and trickery struggle and trickery the last verse 35 where it's pretty much detailing his demise look how it just sums up his life it literally says a little bit before verse 23 in chapter 35 of genesis these are the names of the 12 sons of jacob the sons of leah were reuben jacob's oldest son simeon levi judah Issachar and Zublin. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servants, were Dan and Naphtali. The sons of Zipla, Leah's servant, were Gad and Asher. Those, these are the names of the sons who were born to Jacob at Pandem Aram. 27. So Jacob returned to his father Isaac in Mermir whatever that word is, which is near the that word, near Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac have both lived as foreigners. 28. Isaac lived for 180 years. 29. Then he breathed his last and died at a ripe old age, joining his ancestors in death, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him here's what I gathered from that. Jacob had a very, very, very uh, busy life, right? Uh, came from some stock that looked a little bit like, yeah, it's a lot of trickery because uh, you came from, you know, Isaac who was telling stories about who his wife was and saying that's my sister. And Abraham kind of did the same thing. I don't know if they just was scared if y'all was so scared about getting killed because y'all wives were so beautiful you might as well should have just went ahead and married somebody a little bit ugly okay as the bible says with no sparkle in her eye but when you look at jacob's illustration from pretty much genesis 25 to 35 when he buried his father isaac the theme of his life just felt like struggle struggle 
at odds with somebody running trying to trying to trick his way through the next level struggle and it, it like it just was a perpetual consistency of like was that a life worth living to you sir like if you could do it over would you have done it differently would you not have tricked your way to getting the livestock uh, or more livestock from your father-in-law? Would you not have tricked your brother Esau out of his birthright because you saw that he was actually super-duper hungry? Would you not have then struggled with God to get that blessing? Like the, the theme is struggle. And I don't know how their deaths were you know, just pretty much highlighted. I'm sure there wasn't a death certificate. It was just pretty much like, you know what, like I just read with Isaac. Listen, they went back and um, they stayed in this part of their land and this is how many children they had and their oldest children or whatever named children buried them. But I, I dare to say if Jacob had a bird's eye view of his life, would that have been the life he would have wanted to live? When you look at the life that you're living do you count yourself out because you had a rocky beginning? Do you count yourself out because somewhere in the middle you had a slip up that put a little blemish on, you know, the story of your life and you're like, uh, I didn't really, that particular chapter of my life, I kind of want to, you know, scroll through quick, quick, quick and then get to the prettier parts. Are you, are you a little ashamed of, of some segments where you felt like, mm, please don't judge the 17 or the 25 or whatever age old me. That was when, you know, I had a different operating system there. I had a different mindset then. I wasn't as mature or I still was hurt in that particular vicinity of my life. There was still some things going on that, you know, there were wrinkles that only God could have ironed out that I was using people and things and, and vices and, and all other kind of earthly kind of avenues to get out of this particular mindset. And what I really realized is that no matter how many people I laid with, talked with, had fun with, lived YOLO, Instagrammed life, it just did not fill that void. It did not decrease uh, those wrinkles. It did not. Something about the way that I was living that life at that point, I really do not want people to know. I really don't want people to see. If I could just put a little uh you know a little filter on that part of my life sepia maybe you know a little bit of the rustic look maybe firm like I don't know whatever I can do to kind of hide uh you know put the micro machine just a little auction just real quick talk fast and then get to the next chapters and talk a little easier feel a little better if I could just not not show you that that scar that part of me I, I then I will feel like I, I you know I have a life that was worth living but can I dare say that those are the parts that really, really uh, make your story that much more exciting, that much more powerful? The fact that you change from tricking people and you change from wrestling people out of their, their birthright to actually wrestling God for your true blessing? Do you do you see that? Like that's more powerful to see the change, to see the evolution, to see the oh my gosh, you lived. And the theme of your life was that you lived a life worth living. What does that mean to you when you hear that? When you hear a life worth living. What comes to mind? What What is the thing that fills your soul? It may, and it's going to look different for everyone. And I love that. 
Because for some, it's I want to climb the career corporate ladder. For others, it's I want to be an entrepreneur. For somebody else, it's I just want to create my own entire different lane. I want to be the best mom. I want to have multiple kids. I want to rescue dogs. I want to just do a community service that just I, I implant something into this world and it's going to look different for everyone but is it a life worth living for you to you through you are you currently having those things that particular mantra in practice like I want you after this conversation to every day have the mantra of Am I living a life worth living? Or do you have a theme that is reoccurring in your life that is distracting you from your end all, be all, I feel like I did the best that I could with the life that was given to me. I feel like with the faith that was given, with the with the way that I was able to, you know, not the family that you came from, you know, only made it from this and where you lived and you lived in a high price area. So all you could do is rent like, no, I literally want you to inhale opportunity and exhale writing your story. Write your story. Man, when I looked at this person's I don't I don't even want to say death certificate. I want to say in stamp. When I read this person's in stamped, I was highly impressed. The level of education, the in ending occupation that was on there, uh, the spouse, the all of that. It just looked fulfilled and complete. And can I go ahead and just give you like really, and I wasn't gonna say this, but I want to give you an inside scoop. Right now in my possession, I have my mother's and my brother's in stamp. My brother's was from when he was 16. My mother's was from she was 44. My brother's in stamp look a, looked a little bit uh, empty because how much could a person have done in 16 years, right? It was... He didn't have an occupation. It was that he was a student. And I, and I pulled those things out and looked over it just briefly. I didn't want to evoke the wrong emotion before I got on this phone to talk to you. Versus when I looked at my mother's instinct, it was complete to capacity. Every box was filled. There was more than enough. I can literally tell this woman did a lot with her dash. And when I say dash, it's the year of her birth, dash, and then the end of her birth. That dash, although it looks short, although it looks fleeting, although the Bible just says, you know, you're here one day and you're kind of like gone the next, that dash is your monumental stamp on earth. What are you doing with your dash? How are you living out your dash? And are you bringing glory to your end stamp? My challenge to you today is the continual question that I asked. Uh, are you living a life worth living? Hmm? For some reason, when I say that, I want to go ahead and, and quote the deaconess, Jill Scott, living my life like it's golden, 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 yes, golden, yes, golden, 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 living my life like it's, come on, Jill, mm-hmm, oh, yeah.
You gonna make me Google it. Stop playing with me. Stop playing. Get into it. I know you. I already know you grew up and do it. Do it. You feel that? Yes. That's what I want you to feel when you listen to your life. Yes. That's what I want you to feel when you look at your Instagram. Mm, yes. That's how I want you to feel when you're looking at the opportunities before you. It's not over. Come on. Live your life like it's golden. Live your life like it's golden. Live your life like it's golden. Mm, living your life like it's golden, golden. Mm, 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 mm. Come on, Jim. Listen. Hyping you up at the end of this conversation. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Hmm. Are you living your life like it's golden? Living your life like it's golden. Living your life like it's golden. Are you? Come on. I want you to get that revved up inside of you. Come on. I don't care what you was doing before this conversation. I don't care what you was feeling before this conversation. But after this conversation, what you finna do? You finna live your life like it's golden. Mm, mm, living your life like it's golden. Come on, living your life like it's golden, golden. Living my life like it's 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 golden. Woo, golden, golden. Woo. Listen, you want to go on YouTube? Cause I, I will pull it up. Stop playing with me. Ha! <sighs> I want you to feel that. I want you to feel that. I want you to get revved up. I want you to live a life like it's golden. I want you to make this meaningful. I want you to not look at certain segments of your life and say, but I but I did that thing. Look how much Jacob did. <laughs> look at all the things that he did. And you know what's dope? At the end of the day, guess what we have to say and guess what we have to read all throughout the Bible? That God is the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob. You mean to tell me the Abraham that was afraid to tell Buddy that uh, Sarah was his wife? He thought he was going to get killed, so he said that was his sister? Mm hmm. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You mean Isaac that did the same thing his daddy did and told people, like, oh, I'm sorry, Rebecca's also my sister? And yeah, that, mm hmm, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You mean Jacob the trickster that was having, I mean, that boy had issues from the womb, but you understand me? Um, and then he just kept having issues, having issues. He had an issue with his father in law, issue with his brother. He lied to, he lied to his pops and his mother helped that with the birthright stealing thing. Like it was just, I mean, he was messy. Then he was wrestling with God. I mean, like, then he had to call him is mm -hmm, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I don't care what your life looks like. You are the core author of your life you get to say what your end stamp looks like nowhere does anyone highlight the trickster jacob no the liar of abraham the liar of isaac no one gets to say that everyone says he is the god of abraham isaac and jacob Live your life like it's golden. Living 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 your life. Yup. Yup. Come on.
gonna rock with me. I'm not playing with you. Rock with me. Cause what you gonna do after this conversation? Living your life like it's golden. And what you gonna do when you get frustrated? Living your life like it's golden. And what you gonna do when the enemy tries to attack? Living your life like it's golden. And what you gonna do if I don't call you back? Living my life like it's hey, she's a rapper. Let's see, get the phone. Get the phone. Cause we're gonna keep going. I'm telling you, I can't. This is just dope. But live a life worth living. Live a life worth living. You know what these conversations are. Yes. The conversation that nobody else is going to have with you. I can't even do my normal closing. I got to go. Live your life like it's golden. Okay. Um, like it's golden. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Later. Golden. Golden.